You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hello, everyone. It's November, and we are on to the last few episodes of Work It for the year before we go on a well-deserved season break. Oh, absolutely well-deserved. Hi there. Thanks for listening. I subscribe to a bunch of things, and one of my favorites has to be the Harvard Business Review. I get the newsletter and found out that they recently launched a new podcast called. I'm new here. It's about how young people navigate work and relationships in the office. Adrian, you started work quite early. Yes, I did. Do you remember anything about being new and clueless? Oh, absolutely. Your question just triggered my PTSD. <laughs> you see, I started work in call center back when phone calls were still a thing.、Mm. So my job literally was to look up for phone numbers in actual physical yellow pages for customers、yellow、when the system、pages. went down, and it often does. I know, glamorous,、yes. <laughs> very glamorous job, and I thought I'll be supervisor material in no time, lah. But then the dream got dropped faster than a heavy yellow pages,、um, <laughs> because it turned out letting your team go MIA when they're supposed to be on duty、uh, isn't something that the management would be happy about. But who knew? You know, I was just too young to know about that. But、yep. hey, at least I got to perfect my yellow pages speed flipping skills. <laughs> okay. I started my career in a newsroom, as you guys would know, and until today, I would say it was both wonderful as well as quite brutal for a young person. Okay,、mm-hmm. I didn't know a thing, so I made many mistakes. I got scolded all the time, and I must have cried a dozen times. But that was a very different era. You know what I mean? Young folks these days are so savvy, like they know what they want. They are smart and successful even before they come into work. That's right. But no matter how successful you are before you step into the corporate world, you definitely will have some bumps, and、mm. for some people, bigger than others. So that's what our chat. Today is going to be about how a new hire deals with some of the toughest things in their relationship in the workplace, especially with their manager. With us in the studio is Tio Jia Yi. She's 25 and she works as an account manager at High Spark. They work with complex B2B brands to clarify their narratives. Welcome to our podcast, Jia Yi. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, Jia Yi. So、yep. to start with, could you share with us? Do you have any newcomer snafu when you first started work? I love what you shared as well in terms of you know how you talked about how younger generations are actually a lot more tech savvy.、Mm. I admit I'm a crybaby when <laughs> I first started. I was very nervous, you know, going to my first job. And I think even for me, the biggest hurdle that I had、mm. to go through is really more of you know looking at how I work with people, right, versus how I work with my friends in school. I think that that contrast or that that shift、mm. for me was like the biggest thing. Maybe you can go into a little bit about that. That first job, right? You see, things have changed quite a bit since Adrian and I started work. This was like、mm-hmm. okay, as old as you, basically. <laughs> oh, <yeah> . So, <laughs> you know, we didn't have a string of internships, right, right. for a start.、Mm-hmm. So for us, it was school, and then straight away into this work environment, right? Your generation, would you say, goes into work with a little bit more of a clearer idea、right. of what you want. Definitely, we don't have yellow pages, but I think back in school, <laughs> she doesn't even、um, know what is yellow yeah. pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a book of sorts, but I'll figure <laughs> it out with my parents. Yeah, but I think even for me, when I first started back in school, I think we were given a lot of opportunities.、Mm. I came from Nian Poly. What I was quite grateful for was beyond just internships. Right, throughout my first year and second year, we had 80 hours or 90 hours of work we had to clock in. 
for my curriculum. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I pursued a diploma in tourism. So there were times where I had to clock in 90 hours of F&B work. So that gave me hours wow. a week. Uh, ninety hours for the entire semester. Oh, semester. Okay. Yeah. A week. That's crazy. <laughs> <Child> labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where I first learned a little bit, even for customer service. I was doing waitering at hotels. Mm. I think one of the more fun jobs I had was basically that copy uncle that goes around at the coffee shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I landed a job at one of the coffee shops to shout out coffee orders. So oh. those were the experiences that I had before going into the workplace. Mm. That really helped cushion the kind of expectations we wanted to have when we we're going into like a full-blown job, I would say. In terms of what? In terms of like how to deal with different people? or I think for me, it was really more of figuring out how to deal with conflict. I think one thing that I do realise is whether or not you're in school or even at work, conflict mm. tend to arise. I had trauma from was basically not understanding that there were relationships that were built before I entered. So mm. if there were office politics and all that, I wouldn't be aware of. Mm. Right. Yeah, and that's something that I learned along the way la, to manage to figure out how to get away from those situations. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any memorable conflict or situation that you actually encountered during those 90 hours that somehow molded the way you approach office work? I would say I think in my little stint in poly, uh, all the different workplaces, uh, one that really stood out was previously I was basically selling phones at a uh, phone shop. There was once I got scolded really badly by this lady. She said the phone really, for lack of a better word, it sucks. Mm. And then she was telling me all these different features that didn't work. I was just not sure how to deal with that. Right? Mm. And my manager back then was like, you deal with her. She's shouting at you. She's not shouting at me. <laughs> so <laughs> I dealt with that situation. Okay. And it turns out... manager of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and then 15 minutes in, right, I realised she wasn't even holding the brand of the phone that we were selling. She was basically oh. having a competitor brand. It was situations okay, so, like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned a thing or two. Okay, this manager throwing her under the bus is not <laughs> cool. Which is a good segue to our next question on relationship. Mm, right. Specifically, how you deal with your supervisor or manager. Over and above what you just shared, what was your experience like, the good and the bad? I mean, once you started mm. work proper, like, you know, yeah. in office culture, I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah. I was doing an internship uh, with an events management company. That first internship role turned out to be my first full-time role as well. So mm-hmm. it was just a instant role over after I graduated. And what I was quite grateful for as well is that the main boss of this event company was an associate lecturer for my school. Oh, so I, see. I more or less knew the kind of relationship we had. We basically established like a student-teacher kind of relationship right. before. Right. So it was easy to navigate working with her. But I think moving on, the team expanded. And when I went into a full-time role, I was sent into a different department, so a different team. And I think that was when I did understand that dynamics were different. The reason why I think I stayed on for very long was because the way she manages the events and then she works. When I wasn't able to work with her fully, that was where I started figuring out like, oh, I got to make these new relationships with my managers myself. I need to really figure out what I stood for at work as well. Yeah. But did you get along with the other managers or you found it a bit hard? I'm an empath. So I wouldn't say anyone is hard to work with. Mm. I think it's more of we're all in our different stages of growth as well. Okay. So for me, I think when I was working with this new manager, he was a guy. I think he mm. was really new to his role as well. But he was also figuring out how he should manage 
all people. of us. Correct. Mm. So there were instances where I felt like I wasn't too sure about what's happening or the past conflicts that happened with certain departments. Yep. Then for me, it was a bit hard to navigate why he was reacting this way to someone, what someone else is saying. Why is he gossiping behind somebody's back? So mm. I think mm. those were a little bit confusing for me to grasp with. What I tried to figure out was also that he's probably having figuring out his own way of managing. Right? That's mm. a very yeah. empathetic way of looking at things. It right? is, it is. Yeah. yeah. I think for anyone else would have complained <laughs> like crazy. And, and I think there's something that the school doesn't really teach you, right? Because yeah. especially when you're parachuted into mm. a job, you have no understanding of the historical conflict relationship yes. across everyone. You just come it's in <laughs> and with the best optimism, try to fulfill your work, try to do the best job, try to get promoted, mm. climb the career ladder. And then you realize everything just keep crumbling down because no one told you that. It's not in the handbook about all these office yeah. politics. So the Harvard Business Review defines managing up. I know some people hate this term managing up mm. because it's as if it's my job to manage you yep. Yep. when actually... You are the manager, right? Mm. Isn't it your job to manage mm. me? Actually, <laughs> true. <laughs> but anyway, they say that it's an important skill for young people. Or for anybody, actually. Not just young people. Basically, what it means is you end up being the most effective employee you can. Mm -hmm. You create the best value for your boss or your company. These are the two things that is defined by what is managing up. I would add, kind of my old school way, that managing your boss basically means not to give your boss problems to solve. Because I think that's it. Lah. I, think, I think your explanation is much yeah, that better. About, Just right? don't give your boss problems. <laughs> no, because as a boss, I already have quite a few problems that I have to do. I have to manage up plus up. Sure, then you throw in a newbie into yeah, it, like crybaby, like... and you're like, oh. But tell me, do you see it that way? I think to some extent it's true. I think my point of view is managing up is more of managing the expectations that this person should have on me, right? Like, okay. So say if a manager, if I bring back that whole scenario of the previous manager yes. with me right now, yeah. I think it's more of me setting the expectation of, okay, this is what you can get out of me. Anything beyond that, I think it's something I'm willing to try, but you have to be prepared that I may not be like at 100% delivering certain things. Okay. So okay. to some extent, I think managing up is a good thing. It sets that expectation. It sets the tone. So, but, but whose yeah. job is it to sit down and talk about this? Adrian, would you go to your manager and say, okay, you know what? This is who I am. These are my triggers. I think your manager would think you're trying to be a prima donna <laughs> if you go with that approach. That's, these are things that actually has a material impact on how one operates at a workplace, but mm. it can be nowhere found in mm. your from your HR department, in your employee handbook. No one talks about it. It's just naturally assumed that everyone should know how to operate, regardless yeah. of the environment that's controlled. I, I really don't think a young person just starting mm -hmm. out would know how to manage his boss. Don't you think so, Jay? Sounds hard, right? It is quite interesting because I feel like we have to some extent done bits and pieces of managing up. Yeah. Just that we never had a term to call it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or an honest conversation about what that means. Mm, I exactly. think it's all about trying to understand the style of each other. Mm. Remember that a guest from LinkedIn had mentioned, have a user guide of myself yes, yes. in order to present to your peers and colleagues. And that would help each other understand, oh, what's your trigger? What you like? What you don't like? What's your pet peeve? And hopefully that will help each other to function much better. At the end of the day, it's like all relationships, right? Some are a little bit tricky. 
yeah. because you're quite different. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, manager might be very fussy about certain things. You might be a chill bill. So... <laughs> <laughs> And your manager will say differently. <laughs> Why there's no and sense of urgency? Exactly. But it could be a, a nature conflict kind of thing. But you need to work together, right? Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's like people playing that broken telephone game, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you have that perception of something and then it just morphs into something mm. else. Yeah, but at the same time, I think even from my perspective, it just felt like things that I needed to do. But maybe back then when I started out, I was like only 19, starting out yeah, working yeah. all full-time. And yeah. yeah, it wasn't something that I could verbalize at that moment. But going into my new job, that was something I actually mm. was able to do Yeah, with my current bosses, actually. Oh, so what did you do differently? I think one thing that I did realize is after that first job, there were a couple of things that I really valued in a job. But I think it, like what you mentioned, it's a two-way process, right? Yeah. Like mm. my previous boss or my previous manager, they, they were very busy with their day yes. to the point where for me, not screwing up, it's already a good thing, right? <laughs> so I'm just there like trying Baseline, to have the best day of up. my life at work, trying not to screw up, making yeah. sure that everything yeah. goes well. So like having those conversations were a little bit tougher, I would say, mm. with the previous manager. Then moving into this new job, I think what I was quite grateful for my bosses is that they are quite young and cool and energetic as well and Mm. I think they really valued that idea of reflecting so reflecting on our work and every quarter so every three months we basically have this quarterly review right sit down with them talk about our goals our challenges and I think having that space that safe space helped me also figure out and verbalize what are some things that I cared about Mm. yeah Mm. so obviously no two bosses are the same and one of the key thing that we kept bringing up over this conversation is you need to understand adapt to your manager's style drawing from your experience how would you advise a 19 year old on trying (laughs) to understand and adapting to the managers to your new managers style of working how to even identify to begin with i think one big thing that i would say is to know what you want in a job i think not saying that the 25-year-old Jai is no longer aspirational, but I think if I'm considered aspirational right now, the 19-year-old Jai is probably like dreamy aspirational. Yeah, yeah. So she wanted the perfect job. She wanted everything to go well. And every day is just a smooth sailing. Everyone loves her. The manager loves her. The bosses <laughs> love her. The client like adores her. Every day got confetti. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> this sounds like it's in a TV program. Yeah, Jai. exactly. So I would get her back on the ground <laughs> tell okay. her like realistically it's the reality right you can't have everything mm. and at the same time if you want everything and you don't say it then there's, you can't fault anybody about it as well Hello everyone my name is Stephen Chia and I'm host of CNA's weekly news podcast Heart of the Matter each week my job is to ask the questions you have like why is the COE so high why aren't singles dating or what's going on with the red-hot property market in Singapore. If you want the views behind the news, then tune in each week as we get to the heart of the matter. We are on the CNA and Me Listen apps and wherever you get your podcasts. Hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode when it drops. I really want to pick up a point about saying things. Mm. Sometimes the challenge is articulating how you really feel. I need your take on this, maybe with your friends or with colleagues who are about the same age. Do they find it like, if they say, hey, I'm struggling, do they think that the boss might think that they were not meeting expectations and they would somehow think poorly of them? 
maybe it's a more traditionalist kind of mindset. When I look at my boss, there's still that level, the invisible level of hierarchy that uh. I do see as well. So there are things that I would be more inclined to share with my boss. But if there are things that I'm working on myself or I feel that it's going to affect my work, sometimes there is still that fear of sharing mm. everything with mm. your boss. Yeah, so maybe that's also a concern. I was reading this book recently called Crucial Conversations. Yep. The book was basically sharing this insight that I've been trying to apply quite a bit, which is if you want to have a crucial conversation, whether or not it's with your friends, in your relationship or with your boss, yeah. it's important to be able to remove this idea of defense, like being defensive versus trying to attack someone. So right. creating this safe space to look at a situation. Mm. Yeah. So I think having those skill sets, I don't think those were things that we studied in school as well. Sure. It's things we tried to No, but also out. even adults cannot do that. <laughs> Come on. How how many years have we been married, right? Can you really <laughs> not be defensive <laughs> and look at the situation? It sounds great on yeah. paper, but in reality it's clouded by judgment, right? And a lot of times ego may be at play. There's a lot of human emotions. You also would not know what the counterpart has gone through that day or the week before. Mm. So even though he may be saying the most pragmatic thing, but for him or her, it's like, ah, I'm still dealing with that conversation with my wife. I still haven't processed all that. This was an interesting data which Adrian was sharing with me. The top three challenges cited by fresh graduates in Singapore coming into the workplace, 63% felt that adapting to workplace culture was the hardest thing. Oh, wow. That's big. I'm not sure if you think that there is a clash of culture between what young people want and maybe their Gen Z millennial bosses like us, right? Do you feel that workplace culture is important, first of all? I think it's really important. I did a ranking for myself before uh, with another mentor, but workplace culture came in, I think, one of the highest, the top three on my list. And I think even for workplace culture, we were thinking and having a discussion about with my friends, right? Was to what extent do Gen Zs or young people today need to emulate the cultures of the company? Are Mm. there elements where we can look at the culture that we are trying to set here and see whether or not there are ways we can compromise, right? Because a lot of times I feel corporate culture comes from a long-standing of of tradition or, you know, habits and characteristics. Correct. But, you know, sometimes we do update policies as well, but we don't usually update corporate culture. Mm. Yeah, so Mm. it's... To move with the times. Or find a company with culture that is most suited to your personal culture. Mm. perhaps. I remember when I was still working in WeWork, there was a group of secondary school students just coming in. I was having a chat with the teacher. So where are they going next? Oh, we're going to Netflix office, after that Google office. And in my mind, I'm like, it's not painting a complete picture of how the entire work landscape is because yeah. you're not bringing them Super. to the JTC. <laughs> yeah. You're not bringing them to the Loyang Industrial Park. <laughs> that might also somewhat present a very one-sided picture to the younger people that, oh, all officers look like WeWork. Mm. All officers will have a beer tap, which isn't true. I wanted to share with you an anecdote that a friend of mine shared about a young person who was working with her friend. And this young person was given a task to do. So she said, you know what? I don't see the learning objective of this task, right? I don't know how it's going to add value. In this person's mind, Mm -hmm. fair enough that the job scope that she signed up for was this right? Maybe it was a very menial task. I'm not sure. Maybe it was outside of work hours. I don't know. But the bottom line is he was quite stumped. As a manager, he was like, how do I deal with this? So 
What What do you think? Do you hear that? Would you tell your boss that? I'm so glad you brought this up, honestly, because why? that's basically why I departed from my first company. So, spill the tea, yeah. as you guys would say. <laughs> All right, let me spill it. <laughs> yeah, but I think for me, even when I was going through the first experience, it was a great experience. I had exposure, got to go for different events. Everything was perfect. But I think what happened was when I was shifted into this new department, mm. I think that perhaps right now looking back, I think it was just a mismatch in dynamics, right? Maybe yeah. the expectations mm. were not shared by me. Maybe the expectations were also not shared by my manager. Yeah. So, so it became a case where my intention here was to learn more about the experience, to learn from my actual boss, right? And eventually, not being able to do that kind of stifled me in the thoughts of like, oh, what am I growing into? And mm. essentially, whatever job or responsibility my manager gave me, I think it was also clouded with, oh, but it's not helping me with my growth. I don't see the bigger picture. I don't see the value. Yeah, in this it is not anymore. what I signed up for. I exactly. don't want to do this stuff. That also trickled down into, oh, okay, maybe it's a mismatch in the culture. And that was also a, a reason why I decided to leave as well mm. um, and go into something new. I, I would say then there is certainly a divergence of how we do things. Because I would tell you 100%, I don't even need to ask Adrian, the both of us will just suck it up and do it. <laughs> right, That's Adrian? True. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah, it could be a mindset thing because I had a conversation with my mom as well. When we were working, right, sometimes we work OT, so over time. Yes. Would you rather get pay or would you get extra hours off to sleep? Mm, off days. Probably off days. It depends, but yeah, off days, I would say. I think it depends on what you're trying to optimize for. Right. If someone is, of course, in need of money, obviously, you lean towards making the most out of it. Do you guys right. prefer money? For me, I think salary is still one of the top trees. Okay. I feel very mm. proud to be able to say this now because in the past for women or, or younger generation, when you say that oh, salary is a key consideration, people feel like there's a need to justify oh. you know, why uh. there's a need for salary to be at the top. I think it's off days for me and Crispina because we are much older and we <laughs> yeah. recognize that we don't have much time left on earth. <laughs> So the more time we earn, the better. Holidays. But, we need off time to sleep, right? Yeah. But, but <laughs> Away to, from the children. To that point, right, my wife was also sharing with me the younger crowd that she deals with right now is very different from the older generation. The older generation, when the complaint reaches her, she's in HR, about a lot of work, about OT, they will still complain, they'll vent it out, but they'll still go back and complete the job. Mm. For the younger generation, like, oh, my mental health not so good. I need to go for employee assistance program right, right. and basically just drop everything and put it on the table. Mm. Yeah. So it's very different kind of approach to work from what I can see as well. Yeah, I suppose we need to adapt. Mm. Like she says, right? You update your policies, you update your work practices. Why don't you update your culture, right? There must be some conversation and some compromise. I mean, I would say that it really depends. See, if, if you're in a newsroom and you tell me that you will not be disturbed over the week, and that's like sounds crazy to me because... Yep. Somebody could die on a Saturday. So that's where I'm coming from. Mm. But obviously, if you're working for, you know, a company that your boss doesn't need to invoke all these extra things or whatever, then you should make it clear. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it also boils down, I feel, to what you want as well. Because I think for each individual young working adult, it also boils down to what they value. Say, for example, for me right now, in my phase of life, salary is pretty important to me. But at the same time, the growth. So being able to go to work and know that I'm growing, my mm -hmm. whether or not it's in, on a personal front or on mm -hmm. a skills-based front, I think that's something I value. If culture and, say, for example, the ability to work with 
a lot of different managers yeah. is something that you value or even travel, then yeah, I think those are things that you need to be mindful of. One thing that I'll also say to my younger self is to not feel like the job needs to cover everything. Yeah. Because mm. at the end of the day, if you can't find passion in certain things, you can always make it up from other aspects of your life. Right. Yeah. So your job isn't That sounds sensible. Yep. So Chai had some sensible advice and something I'm aligned with as well. I think a lot of people, it's not necessarily a younger person thing, but I notice that people want conflicting things mm. in my experience. They might want a job that gives them purpose, that adds value, that pays well, but they want very strict controls over time. Real life, especially work life, is not so straightforward. Kind of messy, kind of often have to colour outside of the lines. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you would have to figure out, is this really for me if it makes you more unhappy than it makes you happy it's time to go Adrian what do you think yeah I think it's really best encapsulated in how many Singaporeans look at HDB flats right before they buy HDB flats they want it to be the cheapest after they bought it become owners they want it to be the most expensive so there's <laughs> yeah. always this hypocrisy somewhat but really try to be a bit more realistic you cannot have the perfect situation in everything the yeah. perfect office the perfect boss the perfect colleagues the brand new MacBook <laughs> the just, beer tab yeah the beer tab uh, <laughs> five different flavours it just doesn't all come together but if you are growing within the workspace yeah. if you have of course a great boss and you have great opportunities to work at that might be the best benchmark that you should look at anything above that might just be frills everyone should recognize that managing up is really a never-ending thing yeah. there's a really good article by an entrepreneur called Wes Cow. she recently wrote an article called 15 principles to managing up mm. and she ended the piece with managing up is a never-ending thing <laughs> yeah. and when I read that I was reminded of a social post written by Mr. Brown Mr. Brown was in a grab car and the driver was complaining about oh last time in corporate job I have to manage my boss and that now I don't have to listen to anyone Mr. Brown said then he just leaned forward and said turn left <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately everyone has to listen to someone and it begins by really acknowledging that every one of us just have to manage up whether we want it or not. I don't think you have an ideal boss. It's true. Right. Yeah. We are not perfect. So everyone has good stuff and bad stuff. You just have to know what's your threshold. Yes. What you need to accept and what you can't. I'm saying this as a boss as well. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Okay, if you have suggestions and topics you want us to cover, or even someone you think would make a great guest for the show, please reach out to us. Adrian and I are both on LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to find us. Easier to find Adrian than to find me. <laughs> and share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And thanks to the CNA podcast team. Till next week, have a great work week. 